Um, Maverick is going to lose that seat at Apriya, whether it's because he sucks or because he tries to rev bomb it. Um, and we could have, and, and I said this right at the beginning, we have a real shot at a privateer team competing for the world championship with Anaya Bastianini. Think about that. Think about that. that That's is, exciting. I mean, that, it is it, so exciting. Yeah. So, do you rebuff any of my overreactions? No, I don't think so. I, I really can't. You know, <laughs> I, I can't. I, I wouldn't call that. I mean, yeah, I guess you can't call them overreactions, but it's uh, one I mean, race. It's one you're, race. You're a little drunk. Is... You're just still drunk off first race weekend. You know, you still oh, got that high. You're still excited about it. Well, speaking of that, I'd like to say right now, I am sick and tired of the praise for Darren Bender for finishing 16th. I am sick of the three articles that I saw were telling how Darren Bender proved how he belonged in MotoGP because he finished 16th. So I'm not going to go, you and I have gone back and forth on this and, and I'm, <laughs> I, I did done. not read those articles. I'm going to go ahead and preface this. Was I did not read those articles about Darren Bender, I, but I can go ahead and tell you that I do not agree with that. I don't okay. agree well, that Darren Bender, Bender has proven himself to be a MotoGP rider. That that cannot no. be said by a rookie rider placing 16th in a, in a single race. I don't agree That's with right. that. I really don't. Right. Um, I do have some. I obviously do have some arguments to you know some of your opinions, but Please. I don't. I don't disagree with with that blanket statement that he deserves to be here. Yeah, I I, I so. This is the gist of what I read. You know, a lot of people were on it, were, were bad-mathing him, bagging on him because he got the seat. They didn't think he deserved it. Right. And then they, what they're, the gist of it was that they're saying, well, this result proved he was second rookie, you know, and barely missed out on getting a point. And I'm like, really? Is that where the bar is? Is that the bar? After the last two years of rookies in classes, this is the bar now? to finish for one point and be the the top rookie. Okay. If that's what we're going to do, you know, we're talking about Darren Bender's on the Yamaha, which we know well, that we, we talked about the team Yamaha is a dumpster fire. So but before that, you, uh, I mean, I'll stop. So the bar about the rookies though, I think you kind of have to be a little bit careful with that comment because you even said it yourself. The last two years we've seen, uh, you know, anomalies with rookies and now we're kind of settling into what is really expected out of a rookie class. Right. Well, I, I, there. That's a good point. But my my thing is, is that you know, if you if you look at the other rookie, Bezeki, Bezeki was way ahead of both of them. Yes. He crashed out. He didn't finish the race. Right. So okay, uh, but he was way ahead. The second thing is, is I don't want to hear about Darren Bender being on a bad bike at this race. Darren Bender is on the bike that won the world championship last year. He's on the bike that won that race last year. So, Darren Bender isn't on the greatest bike, but that bike, that 21 bike, won the world championship and won the race at Qatar last year with Rev Bomb Vinales. With Rev Bomb Vinales. Now, I don't know if this extended over to Darren Bender's bike, but I do know that um, Andrea DeVizioso was having tire pressure issues with his, and I think that he had even mentioned that the factory Yamahas well, did too. So, I don't know if that, right. that applies to Darren Bender's bike as well or not. Oh, uh, Okay. Well, here's Could the be other a possibility. Thing. Here's the other thing. Evidently, Darren Bender was angering some of his fellow riders 
by his choice or of line or lack thereof. Okay. Um, Darren Bender, we know how Darren Bender rides. He's ridden the way that he's ridden in Moto3. He, he admitted once he doesn't even have brake markers. He just breaks after everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I with, don't hate Darren Bender. I just don't think he needs to be in GP. And, 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 let's, and let's let time will show me. But I think that that's exactly what I thought would happen with Darren Bender. Now, Darren Bender finished this race. Congratulations. Now, let's see what happens when Darren Bender is trying to get some results and get some points because we know he is a checker or wrecker. That's who he is. That's who he's been his whole career. If he's not that, then I think what you're going to get is a season full of two 16th. points, one point, no points, a season full of it. And, and you know, I so I looked at the number of points that Jack Miller scored his first year when he came up to Moto from Moto3. Now, you made the point to me that Jack Miller had won the championship in Moto3. He never did. Um, so there's that. So in your face. But also, his first year on a MotoGP bike was 2015. He finished 19th in the championship with 17 total points. So there's your bar. If Darren Bender can come out with more than 17 points. We'll so here's see. my problem with your bar. <laughs> we are in a different technological age with, with GP. What? You know, seven years. We're seven years on with with different tech. So uh, I'm not saying the bar needs to change drastically, but the bar does change. Well, the tire technology is different. What does he know? Right. No, of course. Yeah, he, the tire technology he, has changed. Um, of course, but it's albeit different. Slightly. They run Dunlops in motor. I'll let you speak. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But these points are terrible. Okay. They're really not. I mean, they're very, very valid points, albeit you know slightly subjective. They're, you're just mad because you can't measure these points because you don't have a tie. You don't have a a measurable difference to what you know tire technology was in 2015 versus what it is now. Measurable difference to what you know as far as finite numbers. So well, what year did they and, go to Michelin? Oh, Jesus, what year was it? I don't know. You tell me. You're anyway. the one making tire arguments. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the subjective feelings of what his fellow riders on the GP grid felt like he rode like, if you look at the lap chart, um, you know, Remy Gardner was obviously behind Darren Bender for a bit. Then Remy Gardner made a pass on Darren Bender at some point uh, on lap 11. It looks mm -hmm. like between lap 11 um, is when... Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I take that back. Um, lap 12. 11. Lap 11. What, I'm what sorry. I'm, going, I'm looking at the lap chart. I'm going back and forth because Dovey's number is floating in there too. So, uh, you know, it, Remy Gardner passes Darren Bender, Dinder, Bender. He's in front of him for about five or six laps. And then all of a sudden, Remy Gardner's number falls behind Darren Bender and then goes even so far behind DG to be back of the pack and then works his way back up through to then finish and was ahead of Bender for the last three laps. So I'm, I want to know what happened in all of that. 
you know, because could Remy Gardner's comments have been influenced by his, uh, you know, misplaced anger and a mistake that he made? Could they have been misplaced because Ben, or not misplaced because Bender did make an aggressive move or cause Remy to go off or, or do something, you know, did Bender really, you know, do something stupid that warranted it? And the only argument that I can make against that is we didn't see anything from the stewards as of yet, at least, you know, sanctioning Darren Bender for writing irresponsibly or, or dangerously or, or nothing has come out as far as, you know, media attention, um, for any kind of thing, any kind of issue that would point to that. Um, so I, I, I want to use, I, I don't want to look too far into what Remy Gardner has to say about it because Remy Gardner also probably didn't get the finish that he really wanted in his MotoGP debut. Are you done? Are you finished? Yeah. I yeah. mean, okay, okay. So I'd like to use history as a great teacher. The history says Remy Gardner doesn't say things that aren't true. He doesn't complain like a Pole Sparkro, Alicia Spargro, Raul Fernandez through the media. If he says it, it most likely happened. Secondly, this was the this was the knock against Darren Bender in Moto Three. So, but you even I'm, made a comment last year that that Darren Bender had toned things down, and they took away what Darren what made Darren Bender Darren Bender. They took away the dive bomb. Yeah. He, he's not going to dive bomb people in MotoGP. He knows better than that. But that he... Look, I we, we went over this when I said he shouldn't have gotten the seat. I went, how many times, how many starts he had, how many races he had, how right. many crashes he had. We know who Darren Bender is. Darren Bender is who he is. This wasn't one year or two year or three years of Darren Bender being that way. This was his entire racing career. Blinding speed at times, but just can't keep it on the pavement. And what we saw Darren Bender do here was finish a race. And I told you, I'll give him credit for finishing the race, but that's it. Because, you know, I think you and I had that bet about the T-shirt about Remy Gardner finishing in the top 10 in the championship. Is that correct? I don't remember a t-shirt bet for that. Honest, 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 good to goodness, I don't remember that, but I'm not, I'm not arguing that. Who in the world has been on this podcast with me all these time? I don't remember. I got a lot going on, man. <laughs> oh, I bet you do. Um, but I, I think my... Brent Bender is not proven that he deserves to be in the MotoGP class to I, me. I won't argue that. I, I, I yeah, don't. And, I, I think that's a, that's a far-reaching statement, and I don't yeah, agree with and, that. And secondly, you know, to your point about let's give him a chance, let's do it, I, I, I have a hard time giving him the chance when, you know, you heard about how he got in the seat. Now, would it be cool if Darren Bender all of a sudden caught fire and started finishing in top five and winning some races, hundred percent. I'll take I'll take a side of mac and cheese with my crow, and I'll do it. Um, but honestly, to me, a guy like that with the reputation like that needs to come up through Moto Two with the bigger, faster bikes first to do it. Let's just see what happens. Um, if he keeps being beating Raul Fernandez, though, that's something. So, 
Well, I mean, to we, be completely objective, I want to know what happened at the back of that pack, but because honestly, from something happened. Well, something all the way did. through the beginning of those those uh, those laps, you know, Darren Bender started last, and by the yeah. end of lap one, he was up to twenty first. Remy Gardner yeah. passed him the next lap, and he you know pushed him back once. Then Darren Bender passed him again. Then Darren Bender actually passed Maverick Vinales the following lap, and then yeah. after that is when Dovey went from nineteenth all the way back to twenty second. Yep. So I mean, they were all over the place back there, and that's what I'm curious. Did it really? Did it look like a Moto Three race with those guys I, in in the back? For I think a bit? Darren Bender might have been making it a Moto Three race a little bit, and that's okay. Well, as but, long as as long as you're not endangering your fellow riders. Um, but I don't want to put it all on Darren Bender because at the back of the pack we don't get to see, so we don't know. You're just looking at the lap chart. That's right. all we've got. And you also and, have and head case Vinales in the back there too. That you know that yeah. could have been a variable. He could have kicked somebody, for all we know, and the stewards didn't do anything because they couldn't see it. It's not on camera. Blows up engines. Right? That's why. Probably, I begged them not to do anything because they can't afford another engine. That's right. Get mad, Vinales. Go ahead. But I, I think, I think for me, the problem, the part that got me fired up about these articles was the people that, and I get it. A lot of them are South Africans or fans of the Benders. And they want to see these guys together in MotoGP because it's a great story when brothers are in MotoGP together. But as much as we bag on the Espargaro brothers, they belong in MotoGP. Do you agree with that? I mean, they've earned it. I think so. I, I do but think so. They you have know, Paul has been through but what Paul Espargaro has been through, despite how much he cries in the media. Um, the journey he went on with KTM to really bring that bike up and then what Danny Pedroza bought, brought to the table um, to complement the work that he had done. Uh, and then now what he's did, you know, what he's done with a Honda and the fact that he led most of that race, it, it does speak volumes to me. And he's, to, there's no denying the man's talent. There's yeah. To, I mean, to be even stepping to, to be willing to step into the shadow of Marquez into that garage, I think takes a special person. Um, obviously, you know, Jorge Lorenzo couldn't hack it for, for too long. And, Paul Spargaro is definitely so. taking a taking a step towards that. So, no, I, I do think that that both Aspargaros belong in the paddock. Um, obviously, Alish has been around, you know, a bit. Both of them have. Um, Alish has done great things for Aprilia and really Aleish helped to really put them on the map. Two motorcycles. Yeah, well, he yeah, developed yeah. Suzuki, and then he developed this Aprilia, and and you got to say, I mean, where they are now, he's done a, a tremendous job with Aprilia. Um, it doesn't mean I want to have dinner with him. It just means, you know, you got to recognize it and call it what it is. Yeah. Um, so. And I think I, that we possess, we, we will be objective, you know, if an American makes it to the GP grid. And I think we, you've displayed <laughs> that too with Amer with our, our analysis of Garrett Gerloff and World Superbike. You know, you were pretty unhappy with Garrett Gerloff and some of the things that he had done. So, you know, to all the listeners out there, we do try to be objective and not nationalistic towards any other rider right. except Spaniards. And I, I don't mean, hate we can Darren all agree Bender. that Spaniards are unbearable right. when it comes to MotoGP. I used, when I was younger, I used to like to do the drinking game, you know, every time Darren Bender finishes a lap. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's, really, it's really just it's a problem for me. So, you know, and we talked about when we talked about whether or not he should have gotten the seat, I, I, we brought up Jack Miller, and I showed you the differences in their careers to that point. You know, but I have to say that Jack Miller's career right now has been a bit disappointing. 
you know, I in the highest level. And I was going to say something similar, but I chose not to because it doesn't help my argument for Darren Bender at all and giving him a chance. But but I do agree with that because Jack Miller he came so far and and you know when my wife and I we were watching some of the J- the races when he was still with Premac. Um, it was you could set your watch by it when Jack Miller would crash. He would get two thirds to three quarters of through a race. Bam, the bike was in the gravel, and uh, that wasn't as bad. Um, I don't think his first year in the factory Ducati um, garage, but it was still there. And uh, I don't know. I don't think Jack Miller is a is a championship contender. No. It, it, regardless if Ducati gets the bike figured out, if they gave him the 21 bike again, in my eyes, Jack Miller no. is not a Ducati championship contender. No. Jorge Martin is going to be in that seat, if not Anea Bastianini at some point. Yep, I agree. Um, that That's 100% true. Um, I think Anea might leapfrog both those guys at Pramac, though. If they don't start putting up results better than his, because with that bike this year... Mm-hmm. Anaya could. I, we said it. What if Anaya is challenging for the world championship with four races to go? That would be an incredible story. Incredible, and and if and I I'm going to tell you right now, I would not be impartial. I'd be rooting for Anaya Bastianini. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't argue that. I, I really don't. I mean, I think it would be exciting to see not only a privateer team do it. Um, you know, the Fausto team to to really. To get that far is a, a huge milestone for them. You know how emotional that would be. Um, you know, Fausto oh, gave he yeah. and, and DG both a break for their careers and really got them going. Yeah. Um, I, 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 this once again, you couldn't script it any better in Hollywood. No, I mean it just absolutely it, not. You know, Amazon picked the wrong year perhaps to uh, start doing the documentary. Well, maybe they're doing it for next year right now. That'd be great. Like, yeah. Just do it like you know the Drive to Survive seasons. I I I would love that. I think, um, you know, I'm just, when I, when I think about, I get excited thinking about what could happen with Bastianini this year, because he was so good at the end of last year on a bike that everybody, you know, admittedly it was a struggle bus bike Mm -hmm. for everyone else. And then, you know, then there's that thing, well, here he is, it's a new year, it's a new bike, is he going to adapt to this bike? The answer is yes, he's adapting just fine. And, um... And the I names feel... that, that, if you look at the lap chart, the names that he fought through to, to yeah. win that race, it, you know, his, oh, yeah. he fought World through Julian Mir. He fought through, he fought through Brad World Bender. Yeah. He yeah. fought through Bra- Mark Marquez. And then he went through Paul Spargo. All those guys have won a GP with the exception of, of Paul Spargo. And he yeah. didn't care one bit. No, no qualms about big, big reputations. Just went out and did well, his job. You know he's a he's a moto he's a moto two champion right right himself, and he he carries himself like a professional. You know what I mean? He uh, he races his racecraft is excellent. He doesn't make crazy passes. All his stuff was really clean in yeah, that race. Yep. Everything he did was really clean and measured. And um, I'm hoping it stays that way all year uh, because it's a great story. The other thing I was going to say though is I want to see him fight with the the big the factory Ducati boys. I want to see that because I want to see what he does. If he takes it to Jack Miller, ooh, that How? seat just got warm under seat Miller's butt. I hey, guarantee it. Here's a more interesting scenario for you. Enea Bastianini competing for a championship 
Would Ducati give factory riders team orders to let him through if a championship was on the line? Ooh. I don't think so. That's a twist, but it is a twist because I, I expect well, if neither one of their riders are anywhere close, maybe, but I doubt it. I think I think Pecco will be in that mix. So no. Mm. Um and I think Jack would try to help his teammate Pecco. I think Jack Miller is I think that's a, a big key contributing factor why Jack Miller is still in that seat, um, you know, aside from a contract, but um, one of the things oh, helping right. him is just how good of a teammate I think he has proven to be already to Pecco. You know, letting him set, letting him pass him at, at uh, Circuit of the Americas last year, and then yep. you know trying to play tail gunner a little bit for him in Mizano last year. D- to me, that spoke volumes about Jack Miller's character and and being a team player for Ducati. Yeah, I agree. I I think they like Jack, you know, but at some point they want results, right? So yeah, yeah, I. I I don't know, for, and you know, and for Jack, it's it's tough because I don't know the result. I mean, he's won three races in his career, um, but I think we expected more than that, though. We definitely did last year. You know what I mean? Yep. We definitely did last year, and and you know, he went from five years without winning a race in GP. You know, and he was on the Ducati um, in 18, 19, and 20, and he finally won on the factory team last year. Um, But even last year, he finished fourth in the championship, way behind. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm, I'm looking at his results right here, and he finished ninth in Qatar last year. So twice, he finished ninth twice, and then retired in Portugal. Um, and that's when everybody started making noise about the seat, right? And then he won the two two consecutive races in Spain and France. So we'll just kind of have to see what what happens with Jack. But I'll tell you something: Anea Bastianini is becoming very hard for Ducati to ignore. I think um, so. You you might have two Italians on an Italian motorcycle. It doesn't get more. Italian than that. Speaking of Italian, I think I think I'd mentioned to you that uh, you know all Italians winning this weekend. Yeah, yeah, we had no Spaniards winning this week. I'd like to know when the last time that was. But, well, I know it was didn't happen last year because Pedro Acosta was taking care of Moto Three yeah. five or six <laughs> times, and then you know Raúl Fernandez was taking care most weeks of uh, Moto Two. Yep. So. And then, of, and then, of course, the Spaniards were, uh, after the first two races of the year, um, you know, the Spaniards were all over it in MotoGP. But until the end of the year when Peco kind of took over. But, um, man, it's something. It's something. I, 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 this year, I was so excited for the year to start, and now I just can't wait for next week, not this coming weekend, but the next one. Let's get it going. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm ready for and, it as well. Uh, and World Superbike is getting cranked up pretty quick too. So we're about to be in our happy place, Bo. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that's it for this evening, Bo. How about you? What do you got? Nothing. I think that's it too. We had, uh, goodness, we, we went over quite a bit. Um, I blame you. It's always my fault. It is. 
I mean, this was your fault. You want to talk about Darren flipping Bender? Come on, well, man. You know, you know, there is somebody I wanted to mention. I think he could, he needs an honorable mention for being for finishing races, even though they're not fantastic finishes. Is Luca Marini keeps on finishing, doesn't he? He does. He keeps on finishing. Always figures out how to bring a bike home. It, you know, obviously he's not fighting for podiums, but um, I, I mean, you got to start somewhere. And starting his second season in GP, he finished every race last year. I think that's a pretty good goal to have again. Is just a, let's finish everything now. Let's try to keep. You know, let's try to get more points. I, I think it's great, and and I know there must the pressure sometimes must be pretty heavy on him being the brother of a of a mega star. Valentina Rossi and you know what he just goes about his business and I like that I like it a lot so yeah but you know but I I think that's it for us tonight um you know if you're out there riding on the roads or going to the track this weekend hey we'd love to make sure you keep that shiny side up that rubber side down thanks so much for being with us tonight we had a great time we're gonna do it again next week I'm Jason aka Captain Novice saying good night with my man Bo you guys have a good one good night <laughs>